welcome to another episode of the Point Forward Podcast. We are recording on a spring Tuesday night. we got a couple weeks left in the NBA season here. A lot's happened. We haven't done a pod in two weeks, PJ. What's going on? It's We just took last week off. It's just our bad. There's scheduling issues. <laughs> we've, locked, we've locked up that one seed. We're getting some rest. I was I was uh, taking rest with the Chris Dunn and Zach Levine. Mm. I don't want to strain myself. I was a lot going on. Didn't want to overstretch myself to uh, to injure injure myself further. Yeah. What? Uh, where are the Bulls sitting in the lottery? If the still at eighth, today? but they just got. Uh, absolutely torched by, by, the, by the just obliterated. There was, oh man, um, I felt bad for him in a way. It looked like a very two different types of basketball being played. Every uh, the Rockets literally swung the ball around the entire three point line at one point off Dude, of the day. I think best case scenario is they get the sixth best odds based off how the records are looking here. Not Suns have 19 wins, Grizzlies 20 wins, Mavs 22, Kings 24 in the Eastern Conference, Hawks 21, Magic 22, Nets 23, Bulls 24. Damn, they're just too good. They had a nice little uh, stretch there. Um I'm hoping of two things. I, I'm hoping the Magic might get dumb and win a few few games they're not supposed to. And yeah, the Nets and Kings, I just don't really feel like either of them have as much incentive to lose. Uh, I mean, the Kings should, but they just the guys on their team, I just don't know if that's going to go down that way, but the Nets literally have zero incentive to lose, so they should really fall back. Yeah, I think um, they'll overtake the Nets. It's going to be tough to overtake the, the Magic. They got a two-game lead. No shot against Suns or Grizzlies, I don't think. Although, hey, Grizzlies playing like a playoff no. team after last night, you know. No, but the Magic are like one of those <laughs> just dumb teams that like they've snuck up on a couple teams this year, and like won't like recently. I mean, they beat the Bucks when they really had no business doing that. I mean, they they've given some teams some fits. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, it's definitely possible. I just don't. I if I was to guess, I would say that the Bulls stay above the Magic, but it'll be interesting to see. You mean below? Anyway, man, I uh, want them above. We we're a little preliminary for Tankathon. We'll definitely be hitting that. No, we just gotta pop update. our head in, pop our head in every once in a while. Yeah, I mean, for all I know, the Timberwolves might be in the lottery, so it's uh, definitely it's looking that way. Well, did you catch did you catch any of the game last night or highlights or anything? The T Wolves game. Yeah, I did not. I Man, uh, you didn't miss anything. Oh, thanks. I only watched some of the. Uh, I'm just I'm concerned for our uh, our good friend Will Ducey, friend of the pot, with his nuggets. 
I oh. just watched some of Marco Fultz and the Nuggets last night. Yeah, they actually replayed that on NBA TV tonight, so I caught a little bit of it. And I obviously I watched highlights last night after you know Markel unexpectedly made his return. I mean, I that that came out of nowhere. Like I was just like walking home, like walking into my apartment, just got home from work. And it's like boom, Markel Fultz is playing, and I had no idea he was even close. But he looked good. Yeah, he was fine. I mean, yeah, he, he got a lot of gar- He got a lot of garbage time minutes. He came back against the team. Yeah, is very poor defensively. But he is. He had one good. shot that looked normal. I mean, the jumper uh, looked fine. He had an air ball. He he airballed his first shot back. That was not great. But ten points, eight assists. Nice numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. It's fine. I don't really. I mean, this is like a, a pretty good period for him to play a little bit. I don't really see them using him in a uh, too much in the playoffs, probably. But um, yeah, they're they're pretty. I think it's a, a decent time if he's able to get some minutes and at least get some confidence. And and based on how he played yesterday, I mean, I think. In some ways, I feel like everyone was just, like, really, uh, like, kind of going into it, going in on, in on it a little bit more as far as, like, oh, really good job, Marco. I mean, yes, 10-8, and eight, very impressive, but, like, for your first game, but it just felt like there's a little bit extra going on there, too. Just, uh, I don't know if the, the thought process is if we build up his confidence some more, the, the yips go away, and he'll... Uh, He's able to shoot all of a sudden, but get his old shot back. But I mean, I think he's going to have uh, to get a ton of reps to work through that, and you can only yeah, but I so it's like many, a mental so thing, looks. though. I I agree, but my point is that I don't think playing on air is going to fix it. I think he's got to be going up against guys, and if you're going up against yeah. guys in an actual live game situation, yeah. yeah. I think it's going to be more effective than just shooting on your own or with a coach, you know what I mean? Oh, for sure, yeah. I, I think, yeah, you can only have him do so many pregame warm-up stuff every day. Yeah, he's got to just get some live action going and and see what, uh, yeah, so see if he can, he can get over whatever the hell this season was, and hopefully it's something we look back on and, uh, Kind of just look at it as like, wow, remember that first year Marco Fultz, everyone freaked out. I'm uh I'm holding faith in him. I'm not I'm we've wavered at points, it's been concerning, but I I've never thought that until I saw the guy play consistently, I was never gonna really jump to any conclusions and it sounded like it really was a shoulder injury that then kind of manifested itself into an actual problem that affected the way he could shoot and it's it's, shot his shots the way he's shooting still doesn't look like he did at washington but it's no it's a hell of a lot better than what you saw in in tweets and on instagram over the last couple months yeah yeah yeah, the real question is does this does this turn into markel fultz getting you know 15 minutes a game in the playoffs nah you don't think See, so. I said, I, 
yeah, maybe if someone else plays bad, but I don't. I think this little period is is, I guess, his mini trial just to see if it's even a consideration. But I don't really think they're gonna throw him in anything significant. I mean, you could see him if an unfortunate injury comes up, or there's you know one particular game, maybe they throw him in there for a little bit. Uh, you know, maybe to start the second quarter or something like that for a couple minutes just to see if he can get something going. But I don't, I don't know if I'd want Marco Fultz uh, in a, in my playoff series this this year at least. Yeah, unless he shows some real signs over the last couple weeks, just with some of the signings that they've made towards the end of the year. Like I know your guy Ilya Sova is on that team, <sighs> uh, Marco Bellinelli. Oh. And then no, I like just along, <laughs> I mean, and then their uh, you know their starting five five is really solid. Um, I'm trying to think of oh I'm trying to think of any bench guys that I'm forgetting. Um, but yeah, I just I don't see him in a playoff game getting a ton of minutes. Yeah, it's just probably not. I just think that's unfair to him to like put that kind of. I mean, if it's. Something that works out, but... It definitely could hurt his progression because that's going to go away from the coach saying, hey, Markel, like, when you're getting minutes, it's, like, definitely trying to keep his confidence up. Like, you're not going to send Markel out there and then if he does something stupid, just tear him a new asshole because it's a very fragile situation versus if you're now playing him in a game seven or something for 15 minutes and he takes a really ill-advised shot... It's not. It's not good. So I, I agree. I I don't see him playing meaningful minutes. Uh, they definitely try to get him some run if they're like down big or up big in a playoff game, which will probably happen at some point in the playoffs here for the Sixers. Um, especially since, well, I think that they're no, as of now. Dude, the as, East. I really now as I kind of like the first round matchups. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I mean, it if the season ended today, you get Raptors Heat. Which hey, I'm not like that's not a series that like the Raptors are not gonna sweep that series. The Heat are no. playing pretty well right now. They're really good on defense. They're really deep. Like the the way that those teams are structured is really similar. It's just the Raptors have obviously been a much better team this year. It's like the Raptors bench is just so much better than a majority of the teams that they play on any given night the heat kind of the same thing it's like they roll out their second unit and their second unit could outperform their starters on a given shout night. out shout out the miami heat they're my uh they've been one of my favorite teams to bet bet on this season <laughs> yeah dude they're they're great and uh i mean the heat have been i probably watched just they're up there as far as teams I've watched this year. I've watched a ton of heat. Yeah, I mean they're they just they're a professional team. I mean they they really don't lack uh, any effort, and I mean they're just Spolstra's really just like that group in general. He's really able to get the most out of them uh, pretty consistently. The tonight. Yeah, I mean they they did pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, yeah, that's as far as the first round matchup not a, goes. Not a good, not a good night if you've got LeBron on your fantasy team. Yeah, yeah, I, I heard. <laughs> I think I know a guy that's like got that situation. <laughs> I, I, you've heard that, okay? Uh, but yeah, and then two, yeah. two, two, seven is Celtics Bucks. 
I mean, watch the, out. The Bucks could, the the Bucks could win that. I don't know. I mean, they could definitely give the Celtics some trouble. Uh, Cavs, Wizards, three six, and then Sixers, Pacers, four five. I, I mean, that's that's a very intriguing one in my mind. I mean, Cavs and Wizards is as well because the Wizards have obviously not had John Wall. They're not at a hundred percent. They'd probably be seated differently if John Wall was healthy this year. But they've always kind of said, you know, they're if they had a shot against the Cavs, they would, you know, they have just a, as good of a shot at unseating them as anybody. Yeah, no, I mean the Wizards have liked to talk that spice all a lot against the Cavs. I almost would wish the Cavs and Sixers would switch spots though. And you'd have Pacers, Cavs, and Sixers, Wizards. Yeah, because I I want to be able to have Eastern Conference Kyrie v. Uh, Kyrie v. LeBron or Giannis v. LeBron for Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> well, I'm not to burst your bubble, man. I'm not sure if it's the Bucks year. Bucks have we've uh, had a little bit of a struggle the last two weeks here. We're uh, really working through some things, but they got a game against Clippers tonight. Then uh, Thursday night they get uh, the Warriors, and uh, KD's coming back now officially. Yeah, which... Uh, Look at that. I did your job for you. A little quick transition. <laughs> the Warriors have been... Um, it's a not, bag of not stuff. Play, not, not, play, not been playing very well and been a very weird team. Uh, the, as of the, late. you're just used to those you're used to the to Warriors those. the Warriors decided to uh, have their summer league squad finish up the regular season for them yeah I mean Quinn Cook is he's done okay my boy expect of him and my I guy really love that but he's you empty stats be, you wouldn't be thinking he's gonna be your starting point guard that the Warriors are trolling out there but and that I mean so this is kind of the biggest news of the last couple days Steph Curry in his game that he re- that he came back against the Hawks on Friday night if I uh, correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong Peach, you're correct he uh, got kind of backed into while JaVale McGee was falling mm-hmm. and it was pretty scary um, classic out, uh, the classic Warriors big men not being able to stay on their feet and falling into the knees of their stars and uh, it's looking like Steph is definitely done through the end of the regular season. Definitely. And according Steve, to Steve Kerr, yeah. it will be out the first round of the playoffs, although Steph is op- more optimistic. Um, you know, the the Rockets pretty much had the one seed locked up anyway, so this doesn't really seem to impact the Warriors materially right now. But no. Do you, do you think with him being out and then just trying to return in the playoffs, do you think that matters in the grand scheme of things, Beach? Uh, I mean, he's done it before. Um, he's missed a, a series. I mean, in uh, two years ago, that was the situation. They lost the Cavs that year. Um, it was kind of a question if he was 100% or not. Uh, so I think they're definitely being cautious and they're – I think going to want to bring him back with the 
intention that he's as close to 100% as possible. So if that's from now through the end of the first round, then he maybe I wouldn't be surprised if maybe in that second round matchup, that depending on who they have, they maybe he comes in the middle of that series. But uh, he is, uh, I think, the of the the guys on that team might be might be one or two as far as who you need. Just especially if you look at how he's played this season, I mean. It is a stupid good Steph Curry year. I mean, and it's kind of been downplayed more. Yeah, I, th- I think that I think he was my player of the week the last pop we did. I mean, he's yeah. his numbers are nuts. Yeah, that I mean, he's just over the course of the season he's been so efficient. I mean, the team in general has really been that way. But um, I outside of maybe Draymond, I, I think. You really do need that. Uh, I think they really do need Steph, especially for that Rocket series, uh, just to be able to to match what the Rockets are are able to do. Just they're one through eight essentially. Um, now, I mean, I will I will say for uh, like KD, I think can can fill some of that, and I think KD's probably the most versatile guy that the Warriors do have to, to fill in those gaps for where, when those those different guys are out. But, I mean, there's just so much that Steph does that no one else can do. Uh, yeah. I'm, uh, I, I'm a little bit more nervous. And this has always been the situation we've talked about with the Warriors, too, that, like, as long as they're healthy, they can't be beat. But they're not healthy right now. So... Their uh, and then their policy really has been if any dude's been dinged up, they're sitting like they haven't really pushed it. And Steph was good to go, and just to have that happen first game back after a little bit of a, a stretch of a rest um, from his ankle injury, that's that's difficult for them. Yeah, my my concern is it's less from this year, but more so from the longevity of Steph Curry's career because he's always had ankle problems. Uh, he's been healthier over the last couple of years. You know, it's like kind of his, you know, Achilles heel was, all right, oh. this dude is just like really can't stay healthy and his, his ankles are just, they're bad. And he's just really susceptible to, to rolling it and getting sprains and being out for a couple of weeks every year. And, you know, he's gotten really lucky the last couple of seasons and it just hasn't, happened when the team has really needed him to be playing but like I mean going back to just how great he's been this season he's averaging 26 5 and 6 he's averaging 42% from 3 and you know Steph is he's not he definitely gets the you know he's playing off ball sometimes but a lot of those threes are deep contested off the dribble threes um, and he's you know he's just he has a PER the season of 28. Um, he's definitely, like, if this team, if the Warriors would have played up to their potential this year, we'd be talking about him as a as an MVP candidate. But it's just that the Rockets have been so good and James Hart has been so good. And he's been hurt. So it's kind of destroyed that argument. But I, I, I don't think that without Steph, assuming that you get a healthy Clay, Draymond, and Kevin Durant, 
I don't think their first round matchup is going to end up mattering. Right now, they'd be playing the Jazz, who the, the Jazz are a tough team, but I don't think the Jazz match up particularly well against the Warriors. Uh, I know that they no. just beat them handily the other night, but that was without any like their top three players. <laughs> so I think if you get those three guys back there, you can still play uh, a small lineup with Sean Livingston at the one. Um, I mean, and Draymond, and Draymond at the five that kind of runs what the Jazz yeah. want to do pretty obsolete. But the, otherwise, otherwise they're going to end up they're going to either end up against the Jazz, Timberwolves, or Spurs most likely. Um, yep. Pelicans are in the mix too, and I just don't think any of those teams, barring a Kawhi comeback and Kawhi being Kawhi, uh, I don't see any of those teams being a problem. Yeah, I mean the the biggest thing with the Jazz, really, all I was going to say is that, I mean, Gobert could really be a pain for the Warriors, and can could really affect how they're able to attack the Jazz, but. I mean, outside that, there's really not anything else as far as a matchup-wise that would concern me with if a, a Stephos Warriors had to go up against them. Right. But it's um, mainly building towards, yeah, what where these guys are at if they, if and most likely, I'm going to say when they play the Rockets. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a pretty fair assumption to make at this point. But uh, the the other big Eastern Conference injury that had been kind of speculated on, and Kyrie had definitely had some games off, but Kyrie uh, officially had, uh, I think it was microscopic, like minor knee surgery, and he's out three to six weeks. The Celtics don't, it doesn't really seem to matter who's healthy with them. They no. just kind of keep plucking along. And so they're definitely going to be a tough out in the East. But, I mean, we kind of w- walked through the matchups earlier and look the Bucks are not gonna that's gonna be a tough matchup for them for sure if they ended up playing you know it's likely gonna be the Bucks or the Heat uh, the Celtics are pretty much locked into the two seed barring the Raptors going on a bit of a skid or the Celtics kind of winning out here and they're definitely not falling um, the Wizards could also slide down there but it's likely gonna be the Bucks and the Heat both those matchups are tough against the Celtics, and if you're not getting, if it's going to be six weeks, you're not going to have Kyrie around. And you know, I, I, I don't have the playoff start date in front of me, but we've only got I think th- two and a half, three weeks left of the seat or the of the regular season. So if he misses the first couple weeks of the playoffs, I don't like the Celtics' chances. They definitely need Kyrie. I mean, I think they. They put this, uh, they did this when they did it. I mean, they were hesitant from what I was reading as far as going this route, but um, they just, the knee was not feeling right to Kyrie, and, and this was the, the best route. So, I mean, that timetable, I think, from what I saw at least, it, it seems like that three weeks is, they're optimistic about it, I, I think. Um, but, I think they're they're they set it at that three to six to be fair to Kyrie just in case. It ended up taking. It off. does, yeah. It does become a situation where he needs more time. He's not really feeling as rushed as 
as if they said, yeah, two to three weeks or something like that, or three to four. I think they want to make sure he's he's right when they, they do bring him back. Well, it would definitely be better from a, an entertainment standpoint because the, I think the, the thing that – I mean, I, I remember going into last year's playoffs and thinking mm-hmm. that it was going to be incredibly competitive and series were going to be close. And it turned out to be the complete opposite. I think the first two rounds, just about every game was decided by 20-plus points. And none of them were really close. Um, And none of the series really ended up being close. You know, the Spurs and Rockets were a bit of an outlier in that. Um, And then ultimately, the conference finals games were... um, (laughs) I mean, those didn't end up being all that competitive either with... The Cavs, I mean, the Warriors didn't lose a game until they lost to the Cavs in Game 4 of the Finals, and the Cavs somehow, you know, lost a game after winning by, like, 50 points against the Celtics in Game 4 at Cleveland. So um, I really hope it ends up turning around this year and these matchups end up being a little more competitive, and I'm optimistic that that will be the case. Yeah, I I do think just... Outside of the Warriors and Rockets, no team is really. Everyone else has been pretty deadlocked, like close to one another. Like there isn't really a, a, of that secondary group who, um, like the Celtics and Raptors are really in that second tier of teams uh, this season who have been good. But um, I mean, the Celtics, I think some of it's just been injury wise. But I mean. Brad Stevens is just such a good coach. I mean, they're they figured it out, and I've, uh, I mean, Terry Rozier and uh, Jason Tatum have really been uh, have stepped up huge for them and really provided them a, a ability to, to maintain while while they've had Ky- while Kyrie's been missing time. So I was going to bring this up earlier, or I was going to bring this up later, but. Since you already brought the guy's name up, I, I saw a little. I saw a little note, and uh, in our our pre-show notes here, PJ Tatum for Rookie of the Year. I, uh, I I'd love to hear this argument. I'm looking forward to it. So, I kind of tweeted out about it a few. I guess it was. La- I thought we were going to be able to do an episode last week, so I was going to bring it up then, but. So, I mean, he definitely had himself a week. So, I kind of was just, I looked at it and just, I mean, he's he's been what uh, a lot of people thought, what I thought as far as just his scoring ability. Um, but, and I mean, last night he was, uh, he passed a thousand career points or a thousand points on the season. Um, he's shooting 42.6% from three thus far. Um, and, and if he maintains that percentage, he'd be the first rookie since Steph to shoot, uh, at, since Steph's rookie year to shoot 40% from three and have over a thousand points on the season. But, I mean, I think Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell obviously have both been, uh, talked about a lot. I just kind of, when I was looking at more, I mean, Jason Tatum's not that far off from these guys as far as how he's played. 
um, and, and his season. And it's just it's it more than anything, it's just to speak to the rookie class in general of how deep it is. Because really, I said this to you right before we started recording that you put any of these guys in last year's class, and they're automatically the rookie of the year. Yeah, any any three of these guys would have won last yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, but you so so my main argument though was that I mean so you look at uh, some of the more advanced so some of the advanced stats just within it, but like I always like to just quickly look just at like win shares uh, just to see you know if kind of what I'm seeing eye test wise if it matches up, but I mean. Ben Simmons is at a 7.7 win shares. Uh, Jason Tatum is at a 6.5. Uh, and you go along with that, just uh, value over replacement. I mean, Ben Simmons is beating out both Donovan Mitchell and uh, Jason Tatum. He's at 3.8. Donovan Mitchell, 1.8. And then J- Jason Tatum's third for rookies at 1.6. So, I mean, if you look at just the lens of of how much like Donovan Mitchell means to the Jazz. The fact that he only had like a one point six kind of surprised me, uh, or one point eight. And then you look in Tatum, who's right now third best player really on, on the Celtics, maybe for I mean depending on your your argument, but I think he's probably there, at least on offense. He's he could be their second best scoring option. In, in a lot of ways, um, but I, I think his. Uh, I think I think he I think he is their best. Their, he, I think he is their second best scoring option. I don't. I agree with that one hundred percent. I don't know who who would your argument instead be there. Well, I just as as far as yeah. Well, I guess pure scoring option, yes. But just within that offense, uh, I mean Al Horford does a lot for them, and, and allows them to do. A, a lot within within that system. Sure. But it's, yeah. If we're just talking like as a player, get me a bucket. He's more. He's more yeah. valuable. Yeah. But I mean, Al Horford's averaging. You know, his effective field goal percentage this year is just under fifty six percent. He's averaging just under thirteen points per game. Uh, Jason Tatum is averaging just under fourteen points a game. He's averaging forty two percent from three and almost fifty mm-hmm. percent from. Um, almost 50% from the field and his effective field goal percentage of 54. So, and the other thing is like Al Horford is not doing a lot of creating his own shot. Uh, And Jason Tatum, you know, he doesn't do it a ton. A lot of these are, you know, he's just spotting up at the three point line and getting feeds from Kyrie or Al Horford. But at the same time, he's definitely, you know, doing a lot of, a lot on his own that Al Horford is not doing. And just within the lens of playing without Kyrie right now, I mean, he has had a few very dominant games where he's he has been their their leading offensive, you know, their go to offensive player. Um, and it just yeah, it was just mainly one of those things. It was it was coming off of uh, last week's game uh, when they played the Thunder. Just I mean. And that's that's going against Paul George, and he looked just as good at moments as, as Paul George was in that game. Um, he oh, just. I mean, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum is a is a really good basketball player. Yeah. I think the argument against you here is 
primarily that Jason Tatum is a, a like he is assuming really the third role. Yeah, on, I on, mean on this team. Yeah, like, but I think that he deserves a ton of praise for what he's been able to do for this team. Donovan Mitchell and Ben Simmons. I, I don't have their usage rates up in front of me. But both of these players are have the ball in their hands a majority of the time when they're on the court. Uh, ben Simmons especially. And Ben Simmons, despite the fact that he can't shoot a three, has yeah. not made – he has a 0% three-point percentage this year. Despite yeah. that, he's averaging just under 16 points, eight rebounds, eight assists a game, and he's still shooting 53.6% from the field. Yeah, like it's it is unbelievable given his inability to shoot a jumper, to be able to to put up numbers like he, he yeah. is able to. Yeah, I've so, got their like, I've and, got their usage but, numbers here, but go hit me with yeah. Them. So Donovan Mitchell's at twenty nine percent, Ben Simmons at twenty two point three, and then Jason Tatum's at a nineteen point two. Yeah, but I don't. Some of that to me, it's. I don't want the. I don't want to even hate on Jason Tatum. I just. I yeah. don't think he's worthy of Rookie of the Year here. He's a great I, basketball player and has exceeded my expectations. But yeah, I guess I just my, don't think he's at that point. But it's right. My main argument is it's closer than it's. It really isn't like a. Ju- I don't. I just don't think it's a fair conversation if you just say it's between Don Mitchell and Ben Simmons. I think Jason Tatum's season plus the fact that. He's the only guy of those three that's on a legitimate titled contending team this year. Yeah, so that's what I was going to say, too, is that there's definitely an argument for him considering that this team is going to be number two seed in the East versus the U- the Jazz, who's, who are fighting for a playoff berth and are the seventh seed right now, versus yeah. the Sixers, who are the fourth seed. Right, and I just think, too, like in some ways that usage percentage of me, it's like, okay, he's not involved in as many plays, but what he's doing, his impact there. I mean, he's doing more with less in, in a lot of ways than, uh, and it, as not, and that's coming from not being the primary guy. But you know, in these these stretches here, I think he's shown that being the primary guy, like he was in a situation like Donovan. I, I would say probably closer to what Donovan Mitchell's in. Um, you know, if he was put in that kind of a position. He wouldn't be really a primary ball handler, but if he was the primary scoring option on the Jazz, like uh, I think he would be putting Things up. Things could be different. I think he'd be yeah. putting up comparable numbers to what Donovan's doing because he's not. Well, and here's the other thing: is that the argument also for him against or over Donovan is that he's just a lot more efficient. Like right, yeah, sure, that's what, not yeah. scoring as much, and he's not assisting quite as much as Donovan is, but. You know, Donovan is shooting 33% from three and just over 40, you know, 44-ish percent from two. And yeah. you're just getting a lot better percentages there with with uh, Jason Tatum. But, like, you can also make the, you know, Donovan Mitchell is also taking more contested shots. It's Yeah, like, you slice it. At the, end, at the end of the day, I think Ben Simmons is the guy just yeah. because of how much better he makes the entire team. And, like, he is making – almost every decision in crucial moments for the Sixers. Uh, and that team has exceeded just about everyone's expectations. They've, they're they 
42 and 30 right now. They have an easy schedule left. They're gonna finish with 45 to 48 wins probably. Um, so the, here's one thing though is I, I've always thought that like if you're I I don't think even if you are a rookie. If you've missed a season because of injury or something, I don't think you should be eligible after that. Oh, I mean, that might be a bit of a hot take, but like Ben Simmons was in the in the league for a year, had the yeah. time to practice with the Sixers for a year, and have only be able to only focus on basketball for a year, and then boom, he gets to play. I don't think he's a rookie. Like I think this is his second year in the league. Yeah, it was a redshirt year. I mean, Blake had the same thing and won it. So, I mean, but he didn't log any games or, yeah. I don't yeah, know. I know that that's, I know it's a tough draw and people may may think that that's a little harsh to a guy that got injured and it's not like it's something that Ben Simmons could have controlled. But I also think that Ben Simmons probably could have played towards the end of last year and they just didn't play him. So... Uh, yeah, just not just not a huge fan of. Okay, well, just because we don't want to ruin your well, the reason they didn't was not to ruin his rookie of the year eligibility. <laughs> the reason they did is because they wanted to get a worse draft pick, and there was no benefit to playing Ben Simmons. Right. But I don't I don't think that that should then qualify you as a rookie next year. Not a fan of it. Yeah, it doesn't bother me that much. I just yeah, you're, I mean you don't you don't you're you're fine with it. Yeah, I'm good. I I just wanted to give. I just not that I necessarily think he's getting slighted. I just I think where it's headed, it's definitely going to be between Mitchell and and Ben Simmons. And I would agree. I think Ben Simmons is is got to be the the pick this year. But I didn't want I didn't want Jason Tatum to get lost. He's having a phenomenal year. As is, I mean, there's a couple other guys. Uh, shout out Lori Bird who have had very nice seasons and it's just it's a very strong rookie class so uh that should not be uh be forgotten <laughs> i guess yeah well, um uh i got we should move on we got a couple yeah. of quick hitters here. yeah quick hits quick hits this one kind of made me chuckle when i saw it today so uh leangelo ball uh declared for the NBA draft today. He's not going to get drafted. So why is but, this news? But what if he does? What if he Do gets his second round pick? Someone, what's the chance? What's the chance? Well, he scored 72 points. That's the part that killed me about it more than anything is that he scored 72 points in his game today. It's like after he did this and not that I was really impressed by the highlights that I saw of it, but he still did it, I guess, and Lavar is Lavar is creating the the hype train. I I just I think that's what it's gonna come down to is someone's gonna be like, well, I mean, we could throw him in the D League, <laughs> but um, yeah, I feel like he's just gonna go back to Europe or become CEO of Big Baller. Brand he'll be or the uh, the Cooper Payton or the Cooper. I mean, the Cooper Manning of like. The Ball family, yeah. I mean, I honestly think that that's in the cars. Like, I've watched, I've watched a surprisingly large amount of Ball brothers highlights just to kind of get a feel for what's going on with these younger two brothers. And I mean, Leangelo 
is just all over the place with how he handles the ball, and it will never, ever work in professional basketball. Uh, so I don't really – like, I think he has talent. I think he can – I think he get, gets buckets. And maybe if he, like – he's so young, I just have no idea what's going to happen with him. Like, he could turn into a Lonzo-esque prospect if he, he works at it and uh, is a little more careful with the ball. But – no, I've never really, I've really never. Got I'm not buying into oil. it. I just, I, uh, for some reason, I don't know. I just, I've got this like weird hesitation to just discount Levar Ball at this point with whatever he's doing. I mean, you think he's like he, bribed a team to take? I, I don't sons. know, man. I just it. I'm just not ready to uh, to say nah. He's <laughs> not a. Uh, You've just got a gut feeling that Leangelo Ball is going to get drafted in the second round of the NBA draft. That's what you're saying. Kind of. or I mean, <laughs> I definitely think he's going to be on a summer league roster. Like, uh, I'm not. I'm definitely not going to say no to that. I just, I wonder what GM would legitimately want to put their name with him. Even though it's a second round pick, I mean, there's plenty of guys that are have come out of the second round that are of value. I just I don't know that he's even close. It it just is it's insane. Yeah, but we'll see. I just hope the uh draft coverage does not get sucked up too much by him, even though I think it will, because it gets clicks. Yeah, no, you're probably right. Um next thing which you mentioned to me right before we started recording and I didn't even know this, uh so Bleacher Report launched a new app, I think today. Um, I saw the notification today, anyway, about how they're going to be offering Bleacher, Bleacher Report, Report Live, Live yep. which is going to offer some free uh, content to be able to watch on various for various sports and various leagues. But uh, they're also going to offer the option to watch partial NBA games next year. So, for example, watching the fourth quarter of a game that's close – for 99 cents and you had also mentioned like the the fact that you can watch a game now yeah um like on nba.com for seven bucks with which i think is a great idea 99 cents fourth quarter of a, of a really close intense basketball game that you can't get on espn or you can't get on tnt uh seems like a no-brainer and i think it's a genius idea yeah i mean so i haven't still talked about this last year um during the, I think it was the finals, he just is, well, different ways to look to help make people consume the games, and I mean, like, I guess for me, um, I'm never going to probably not own League Pass again, I mean, I obviously do this podcast and enjoy watching the NBA and find (laughs) reasons to watch games all the time, yeah, shocking, shocking news there, but I think this is... It, it, first off, I think it's it's just nice to see. It's like one of his ideas he's thrown out, vetted it, sounded like a good idea, but now they're implementing it. And it's just it's another way to consume the game. And probably, in my mind, it's it's get to another audience where you might have, uh, especially if you can do it with this Bleacher app, uh, the, the Bleacher Report app that Turner released, if, if it's a way that people can get notifications and say, I mean, like, example... The Pelicans Blazers game that was on tonight. I mean, if you got the notification, hey, fourth quarter, it's 
you know, five-point game, whatever the case may be, you want to watch Damian Lillard, uh, see if he can come, you know, come back. You want to watch some AD? You can pay 99 cents. Yep, yeah, watch that game. Um, the out-of-market, yeah, paying the seven bucks or whatever to, to watch a single game for a night. Uh, I think they saw some numbers that were encouraging based on that. Uh, just you know, matchups, whatever the case may be, and it's it's probably something too that if if you end up seeing that you're spending twenty five, thirty bucks in a, a month on it, you're like, oh, my, maybe I, maybe I should just invest in League Pass. So um, I don't think it, it. I don't think anyone can make an argument that it hurts your product that you're making it more accessible in different ways to people. It is such a good idea. I've always been incredibly frustrated that the NFL has not offered individual games to be able to pay for them. Uh, that's tough. See, that's Why? tougher. Why well, is that tough? Because it's all on one day, and you are just have Red Zone that gives you all that. Like, that's the most consumable thing. Like the, for the so you're M- saying that by, by not offering an individual game, you're incentivizing them to get Netflix. Or Netflix. You're, inc- <laughs> you're incentivizing them to get when Red you Zone. Get Sunday ticket. Because, I, I, like, the, for the NBA, at least, it makes sense to me because it's... And now it's just the product, and I, I do think the product's fantastic now. It's like, you have at least something every night, and, you know... Th- how many times I think Twitter is a big part of this. Do you see these, um, do you just see a flurry of tweets just come into your feed where it's everyone's talking about this game. And if you're in that situation where you do follow the NBA on Twitter or just you're in basketball Twitter. Yeah. I want to watch the fourth quarter of this game. Like it, this game sounds awesome. I maybe had something going on. You couldn't watch the full thing, but yeah. Oh, this looks like it's going to be a good fourth quarter. Pay a dollar for that. Uh, right. so I think that's kind of the, the idea of uh, what they're feeding into with this is just the, you you have Twitter already, which is just this high-flying, just brilliant, just hype machine for your product already with the highlights and stuff that uh, I think to, to you spend three quarters maybe seeing enough of it showing up in your feed, you're going to break down and buy that. And and want to see how that game finishes. Like if you're, especially if it's all, if if you are seeing that in your feed constantly throughout a night, and you can right. do it any night. Um, I mean, it's just it, that's the piece to me where it's just like there's something any night of the week, essentially now with the league that if you have nothing going on one night, you have multiple opportunities now to watch and consume a lot of the basketball that's going on. Agreed, man. And uh, like like you kind of said at the beginning, if you don't if you don't have league pass, it's a pretty nice option to have. It's tight, but um, I can see the hesitation to commit to that because you might just not realize how much basketball you'd actually watch if it was available to you. <laughs> You're just a perfect example of that. Well, yeah, it was kind of literally like my dream once I got an adult job to own league pass so it's more of just accomplishing something i've been waiting for idly that's how you know you're an adult kids when you get league pass yeah it's it's pretty great grow up and get league pass kids Um, one day this is gonna all be yours one uh one other quick hit that's definitely on a somber note so uh 
this was reported uh, this weekend as well. Uh, D, uh, G League players, Zeke Upshaw from Chicago, went to Southern Illinois. Uh, right. up, Illinois State. Illinois State, thank you. Ended up collapsing on the court and ended up passing away, uh, which is just like whenever you see something like this, it happens completely out of nowhere. It's just really – it's terrible. It's tough to react to. He's 26 years old and um, probably deserves uh, – definitely deserves a bit of a shout-out, but definitely yeah. sad to hear. Yeah, it's a somber shout-out. Um, but, it, yeah, it's one of those – crazy things that you just don't expect and don't expect to have people dying on basketball courts but yeah he went into cardiac arrest they're not sure what caused it um but yeah unfortunately he wasn't uh able to make it through so yeah thoughts and thoughts and prayers to the, the upshaw family it's and all yeah just the nba it's it's a, a sad sad news bit yeah, man. Um, but on now moving back to the lighter side of things, we do get to watch the Final Four this upcoming weekend. Mm-hmm. Which uh, your your Blue Devils not in it fell a little bit short. <laughs> Literally off a uh, of one Grayson Allen ball could have gone a little differently, and uh, the Grayson hate would have been full fled and. Yeah, it was close, but damn, they uh, yeah, they really kind of college basketball that one at the end there um, was kind of frustrating that they weren't they moved away from Marvin Bagley a little bit, but it should be an interesting Final Four. I'm uh, shifting my ties. I'm not going to pretend that uh, as a local Chicagoan that I've been a ride or died for Loyola to begin with. I mean. I definitely rooted against them during the regular season since they're in uh, Drake's conference. Um, but shout out to Missouri Valley nonetheless, having another Final Four team in there uh, since uh, Wichita was in there in 2013. But uh, have definitely followed it, it, been involved in the Ramblers hype. Uh, my roommate went to graduate school there, so he's been into it. So the Ramblers fever is is every which way I go. Um, right now in the in Chicago, it's the the talk of the town. That'd be sick. See, I like Michigan now. I'm going to root for Loyola for sure. I mean, that's... I think everyone's rooting for Loyola. <laughs> you need Kansas to lose, right? <laughs> no, I think you need them to lose. Oh, that's how it is. My bad. Yeah. Go Nova. The, uh, do you think maybe I can try to book Sister Jean see if she'll come on the pod for a couple of minutes with us? Big guess, big guess get though these days. 
Yeah, to interview Sister Jean. I mean, yeah, exactly. Do you think she knows what a podcast is? Uh, yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> I do, yeah, the those Sister Jean bobbleheads, though, are hot in the streets right now, so there was a, a funny tweet or something about it. I know, uh, I know you can't pay any of these kids, but uh, you better better not tell me Sister Jean isn't making any money off of her bobbleheads and T-shirts and all that stuff that all that merch that's being generated from her from her image. One would hope. Hopefully she's got her. Uh, yeah, hopefully she's got a good agent. <laughs> Otherwise, the point forward will represent you, Sister Jean. Yeah, I think so. I would. Yep, my free um, amateur legal services. So I have two shout-outs. One, an important development in a long-standing theory that, once again, friend of the pod, Will Ducey and I have discussed. Uh... And that relates to one Carl Anthony Towns being the J.J. Watt of the NBA. Well, today, it's a theory. You don't want you want to be a denier like so many others, but Ducey and I have been at the forefront of this. And and since Carl was in the uh, Swish Swish video, the Katy Perry just terrible freaking song and one of the strangest music videos I've ever seen, but. That was a big milestone in the movement. Today, however, Carl Anthony Towns tweeted at 11.18, control your happiness. And one J.J. Watt himself retweeted it. And then, if I may be so bold to show that soon after that, what? Well, you can go on to my Twitter, at FoolishKilla. Uh and see the, the following tweet we saw. Uh, a few minutes later, J.J. Watt tweeted, uh, one day at a time, one rep at a time, one step at a time, hashtag dream big, work hard. And these two back-to-back tweets will be one of the leading exhibits in the hashtag Cat Watt movement that Ducey and I are, uh, are pushing for. It's a, a real thing. You can... Sit here and be on the wrong side of history, Ultra and everyone else, but Carlton Townsend is the J.J. Watt of the uh, NBA. And my second shout-out, and uh, only going to have two this week, going to keep it conservative, uh, have the people wanting some more. Uh, Josh McCown can play basketball. <laughs> the... Uh, King of starting backups, and still, for some reason, the current starting quarterback for the New York Jets. Uh, I think it was a charity game of some kind. Uh, not quite sure, but some video surfaced of him being able to handle the rock a little bit and uh, you know, has some games, shockingly. Uh, I, was, I was pretty surprised to see that. Nice. I mean, yeah, it's wild. He's he's actually an athlete. 
Let's see Tom Brady try to do any of that. It's the most NFL thing I've ever heard, though. Mm. Yeah, kids fucking love... (laughs) Kids love... OBJ. Yeah, why not? Rejoin him with Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry was asking for it. Yeah. That'd be wild. I'm not a... I I would be pretty surprised if they actually trade him. But if he does get traded, that's extremely football-y. And that just makes me roll my made me roll my eyes when I saw it. So I was like, yeah. Why am I not surprised, NFL? You once again make me dislike your sport. Although they did make a new ruling, uh, they changed the catch rule once again, and said that Zach Miller catch that he broke his leg and almost freaking died from would have been a catch. So um, he had a pretty good tweet about that. Yeah, I mean, he sort of tweeted a picture. He tweeted some gnarly pictures of his legs and stuff. Uh, he's still uh, rehabbing and fighting through, like, getting back. But I don't think he's going to play this year. I don't know if he'll play ever. But, um... Yeah. I, oh, I do have two more real quick ones. One shout-out. Uh, t- yesterday, Mark, the... Um, anniversary of the uh, 2005 what was marked as the comeback by Illinois over Arizona where they uh, came back with uh, four crazy last four minutes of the game put it in OT and then won um, so that was a couple years ago and then yeah if you haven't um, I'm sure everyone was out there I'm sure everyone's watched it but uh, the 60 Minutes interview with Giannis. Um, it was nice of Giannis to share some of his airtime on 60 Minutes with Stormy Daniels. Um, so I do have to. I think I sent it in our group chat. It just made me laugh. Yeah, it was. Uh, Roger Sherman tweeted this was like 60 Minutes tonight has a story about somebody who's arousing videos I watch over and over again. And also they interviewed a porn star. So, shout out Giannis. He was adorable, likable as ever. What's that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, one. And Giannis could have, you know what the best part was? 
All I wanted was him to just say, well, I'm not only the freak in the court, but a freak in the sheets. Yeah. Yeah. Who isn't? Who shouldn't be? Um Yeah, that's that's about it for me. Uh Things get serious. Go Nova, go Loyola. Loyola Nova. No, things are fine. Which just was last week. We just had scheduling issues. It was it wasn't intentional. Yeah, my legs were shot. <laughs> 